1: Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome inside the Guilty as Charged podcast. Uh, we're starting off the show hot for our audio audience. Uh, I guess I get to eat a whole pumpkin pie. I, I honestly kind of forgot that we promised we were going to do something with the Chargers one today. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll videotape me eating pumpkin pie later. I don't know. But uh, uh, <laughs> happy to be here to uh, recap one of the strangest NFL games I can ever remember watching in my life with my guys, Tyler and Alex. Alex, we'll start with you, man. Uh, You predicted the future. You predicted a Cameron Dicker game winner a couple weeks ago, or I guess that was last week. Uh, But uh, what's up, man? How are you doing tonight?
2: Yeah. uh, Predict the future. The Chargers made us eat humble pie, but also they didn't in a weird way because they're still (laughs) the Chargers. But anyway, they got the win, and that's all that matters going into this death stretch of a 49ers team coming off a bye and getting healthier, but that's for later. Uh, but they got through this one. They needed this one in a very, very bad way. And um, the offense overall looked better. Uh,
1: defense sometimes looked better. And uh, we're on to San Francisco. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to dive into all of that. Um, you know, the Chargers are two and zero this season. When all three of us predict a Chargers loss, um, and I guess if you want to include Arjun, that would be uh the four of us in two and as well since uh you know he had to he predicted a loss against the browns as well so obviously we're excited about that like we we like to be wrong when we predict losses so um you know should be fun today to uh discuss all of that as well um uh, tyler what's up man how are you doing this afternoon doing very well i know people want us to always pick them to win trust me i would love to
3: i would love for them to always win it's financially better for us to be positive we have to be realistic <laughs> sometimes but You know what's financially great for us, too? When they win and when we're wrong, picking them to lose. So, hey, you know, we'll get to San Francisco. We'll get to Kansas City when we get there.
1: But for now, they've won, and I'm happy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Desperately needed this team win today for the Chargers. And um, like I said, we'll we'll talk about all of it. So, um, ultimately, Chargers win 20-17. to Like I said, one of the strangest games uh, that has been watched by me in my life, uh, but I think for me, the biggest takeaway today uh, was that Justin Herbert looked like Justin Herbert today, and I think that would have been able to be a positive sign even if the Chargers had lost. But the way that he was making decisions, um, and, and being decisive with the guys who we haven't really seen him get a ton of reps with, I mean, it was a good day for Josh Palmer after you know the interception that uh, I'm sure Emmanuel Acha will have fun with. Um, but Justin looked healthier throwing the football. He still got some, some issues, um, running the football for sure. But, you know, Herbert being himself today, I think it is probably the biggest positive takeaway outside of, of, you know, the, the charger special teams functioning with three different kickers. But, um, I I thought Justin played incredibly well. I thought that he, you know, made some great throws that throw at the end to, to Josh Palmer was an elite kind of throw, which we we've come. Uh, you know, accustomed to seeing. So for me, biggest takeaway of the day is that Justin Herbert looked like Justin Herbert today for really the first time since week two. Yeah. I mean, you sort of start that game and it's like that those
2: first two drives, um, you know, Justin Herbert has a batted pass in there. Chargers just aren't getting much going. I think they went three and out two straight times, eight yards each to start the game. And it just felt like the offense was in quicksand. Don't know if they're going to get out of it. And then when Justin Herbert did have an opportunity to sling it down the field, then You know, Zion Johnson misses a big block on a third down. And, you know, that is just how the offense felt for the first in the whole first quarter, some parts Mm -hmm. of the second quarter as well, until they really got it going. Um, But, yeah, I I think Herbert's, you know, fastball was back. Really, you saw that on the throw to DeAndre Carter, where he just kind of bulleted that throw in between two defenders. Um, You saw that on a couple conversions to DeAndre Carter. You saw it to Josh Palmer on the last drive of the game um, as well. And I think while his stats will not look numerically like very impressive, like oh he threw three touchdowns and 300 yards, like my bold prediction, um, it just it just looked a lot better um, aesthetically. And you know also considering Josh Palmer is pretty much solely responsible for the one interception, which was you know on him. Um, So I thought the Herbert game overall looked a lot cleaner today. And I think the most promising sign going forward is he's just getting. The velocity on those throws, taking those downfield sh- shots, not, you know, th- afraid to throw it down the field because of his injury or playing any differently. Um, it looked like the Herbert that we had seen uh, in the first two weeks, even if, you know, the numbers may not back it up. Yeah, some idiot on some talk show is going to look at,
3: at, you know, 30 completions on 43 attempts, 245 yards, 5.7 yards average watched on one interception and say, oh, that was a terrible game. But if you watch the game and obviously we all did and all the Chargers fans at least did. He looked really, really good. That throw, he had a couple of good throws and looked like, okay, looks pretty healthy. Everything looks good. But that throw to Carter, which I think I asked earlier in the week, like when have we seen Herbert fit that ball between three defenders to Keenan Allen? It's been a while. Wasn't quite the same thing. Wasn't a touchdown, obviously. But that throw and the adjustment by, by Carter to get that first down uh, was awesome. And we've been waiting to see that. And if, and if that's, this is the, as good as Herbert's going to be. He's not even 100%, but this is probably as good as he's going to be The rest of the year, and maybe it might get worse as things go down the stretch, but like this looked like what we're used to seeing. He looked decisive. He looked really, really good. He was finally able to look comfortable and throw and run this offense the way it kind of should be run, Mm -hmm. um, which we haven't really seen for a while. Is it is it boring? Is it the efficient same offense? Yeah, but Herbert finally was able to run it kind of like they want to run it. And when they do that, it is a good offense. Um, just need some of the supporting guys to step up and not make so many uh, critical errors.
1: Yeah. I mean, you look at those numbers, right. And they look, they look fine, but you're talking about an additional, probably 35, 40 yards from Gerald Everett. If he catches that pass to open the third quarter, you know, maybe 10 or 15 more. If Josh Palmer doesn't throw, doesn't, you know, have that pass go off of his hands. I mean, Austin Eckler was pretty wide open on that uh, last screen pass that he dropped. And, you know, Eckler probably should have dropped that other screen pass, which would uh, led to a seven yard sack. But or not sack, excuse me, seven-yard loss. Um, so I, I thought, you know, biggest thing I was really looking forward to was positive steps forward from like a health standpoint, um, which, you know, from the offense and really kind of see what happens there and and just kind of look more comfortable. And we saw it was very peaks and valleys today for both sides of the ball uh, on the Chargers. Lots of feast or famine uh, going around in general. But um, Tyler, what's your biggest takeaway from uh, this afternoon? Oh, boy. I mean, that is certainly the big takeaway.
3: I, I will get to the run defense later. I'm That would be my second takeaway. 200-something yards is yeah. not great. For me, it is really the, the good and the bad of this receiving group. They got the ball in the hands of literally the best remaining guys that they had left. You either had five or more catches or zero. I mean, Carter had five. Everett had five. Bandy had five. Eckler had seven. Palmer had eight. And then literally everybody else just did not catch the football, but which is not great. Like I don't know what happened to Keelan. <laughs> Was Keelan Doss on the field? Was Jason Moore on the field? I don't you think either of those much, guys yeah. were on the field once, um, <laughs> which, again, I don't know what we're doing there. But at the same time, I needed Herbert to get the ball to, to Everett, to Palmer, to Carter, to Bandy, and to these guys that he doesn't really have a ton of chemistry with or hasn't shown that he has a lot of chemistry with. And today at different spots, yes, some of these guys let him down in some situations, but he was able to get the ball to these guys. So it, it's still a Herbert thing, but it was nice to see them at least get some other depth guys to step up. And in particular, Josh Palmer, who now has more receptions so far this year than he did all of last year. And he's seven yards away, I believe, from passing his yardage totals from last year too. So really good to see from a lot of these guys. Carter and Palmer
1: stepping up was great. Yeah, absolutely. Palmer in particular, like you talked about, I mean... Josh Palmer's had, I think, kind of an underwhelming season to this point. I think that's a fair assessment. But at the same time, he's been really banged up. I mean, he's had the two concussions. He has a, He's had a knee issue, an ankle issue. He looked really healthy today. Like He looked like he was the same player that we saw down the stretch of last season. Um, and again, the drop that led to the interception was not great by any means. But um, he came up big when the Chargers needed him, and he was running some great routes. Um, and I thought he looked efficient and looked, looked explosive and I'm excited for this because we, we don't know exactly what happens, you know, with Keenan Allen, although it kind of sounded like earlier today that there's been some positive changes with his, uh, regimen and we don't know when Mike Williams is coming back. So this is a potentially like career defining couple of games for Josh Palmer. And again, the, the interception on his part was not great, but you know, him being able to string together some games like this with Justin Herbert. I think is is uh, a fantastic sign for him for the offense, and you know, frankly, they they desperately needed him to have this kind of performance today.
2: Yeah, uh, I think Josh Palmer stepping up was good for for me. My takeaway um, is less about the supplementary players and more about their star players who were left today. Um, Herbert obviously did really well. Eckler, aside from the fumble, um, played really, really well, and obviously he's been kind of on a tear uh, this season in the last five, six games. Uh, I I think Khalil Mack on the defense, obviously. I mean, we'll talk about that, strip away from Drake London, but he really was like the only consistent fixture on that defensive line that was able to get any penetration, really anything going, um, and kind of kept the Chargers alive in that sense, uh, you know, outside of, you know, and... You know, for what it's worth, Derwin James, I think, played really well. Obviously had the sack uh, early in the game, and Drew Tranquil contributed uh, quite a lot. This is probably one of the better Drew Tranquil games as well. So in terms of the star players that the Chargers kind of had left at this point with all of the injuries that they've sustained to JC and Joey um, and Mike Williams and Keenan, uh, I thought that everyone in that capacity stepped up really well to let the guys that are around them, like Josh Palmer, Uh, DeAndre Carter, uh, and obviously some of the guys on defense have, you know, the games that they had. So for me, um, I I would say that the Chargers, uh, you know, real big players stepped up in a spot where I thought it was going to be
1: really hard to. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll talk about the run defense, uh, of course, at, at some point. But I think, you know, from a pass rushing standpoint, I mean, we saw some really good performances, you know, from the blitz packages, from Drew Tranquil, from Derwin James. I mean, Tranquil continues to be, really efficient with his, uh, you know, playmaking ability. got a little uh, roughed up by Cordero Patterson at the goal line. But um, other than that, I thought he was really fantastic today. And I thought, you know, he was really kind of like the catalyst that kind of really sparked the Chargers defense, you know, late in the first quarter, leading into the second quarter, um, as they kind of settled in at least somewhat. So um, I thought Strangle had a good game today. I thought Khalil Mack, you know, he's not the same kind of efficient playmaker he used to be. But, I mean, that's a game-changing fumble that, you know, I wish the Chargers had been able to uh, take advantage of. But um, Mm -hmm. other than that, I thought Mac was really good against the run today. I thought he had some good pass rushes as well. Not a ton of opportunities from the pass rush standpoint, right? The the times that he did have were, you know, they chipped him, double teamed him a little bit, um, but they only had, you know, so many dropbacks where he could really affect the game. So um, the core players played well, and that was, you know, one of the keys that we mentioned earlier this week.
3: Yeah, I'll give it up to the corner room, whether it's Callahan. Now, again, they only threw it 23 times and <laughs> maybe 27 overall dropbacks or whatever. Yeah, But, I mean, Callahan, Davis, Samuel Jr. Um, it seemed like Nas got picked on the most, but I'll have to watch and go see like who mm-hmm. was there on what play and who had to do what. But, I mean, Kyle Pitts, 27 yards. The next leading receiver was Tyler Algier with 24. Drake London, 23 yards. Still don't know how to say his name. Mire Zac- Zacchias, whatever. Um, Close if he had much. caught the ball more, I would have known, um, but he only had 19 yards could Hodge, 19, you know, I mean, all, Demir bird, you know, the guy we might've been worried about for his speed, zero mm-hmm. yards. Um, you know, the, the, the three main corners today and Derwin James as well, but I'm just focusing on the corners today. They got it done. Like it wasn't really easy for Mariota at all times. Um, there were definitely some mispasses by Mariota, but I feel like that might've been more of a safety thing. So to me, outside of Michael Davis missing one pretty big whiff of a tackle, Looked really solid overall.
1: Yeah. And the few times that they did throw the ball, you know, uh Michael Davis was in great position on a couple times. So was Asante Samuel Jr. So Bryce Callahan saved a big uh big 25-yard gain on one of the runs on the backside. So I mean this cornerback room is is really kind of rounding into form. And you know, they'll get a much bigger test next week against Brandon Ayuk and DeWell Samuel and all those guys. Um, but they they played well for sure. Um What's up, Alex? Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, for for the circumstances of this game, you
2: know, for a quarterback that wasn't going to drop back very often to throw, I think they did well. Mariota did bail him out a couple times by overthrowing. But, you know, the guy they're playing next week might bail him out a couple times by overthrowing as well uh, And Jimmy Garoppolo. So, I mean, as long as you kind of play the sound defense um, on, you know, in those plays, I think Michael Davis had a good game as well. Um, Like was said, I think that was really all you could expect
1: of this team. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's fair. Um, all right, one more thing that I want to kind of just mention here, I guess. Uh, obviously, the the Chargers have not played a normal game like all season. Um, this game was extremely weird. But for this team to come out and win again, and I think this is kind of the difference, if you want to say for one for Brandon Slade, is that they consistently perform better in one-score possessions than the other two previous coaching staffs have. So. Um, You know, an ugly win is still a win. I think this puts the Chargers into a a better position, obviously. You know, we kind of talked about yesterday this being a a must-win game for this team, and again, it wasn't pretty. There was a lot of weird, fluky things, but um, they made enough plays in the end to win. I mean, Justin Herbert having this kind of performance, again, establishing himself as him again without Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, um, is I think hopefully a sign of positive things to come for the offense. And again, that's really how the season is going to be defined is if Justin Herbert and this offense can really kind of round back into form down the stretch of the season. Yeah,
3: not that I I think they're going to win the next two games by any means. I will pick them to lose both of those games unless Patrick Mahomes blows out his ACL next week. Um, (laughs) But they're kind of playing with house money. Like they're probably going to lose these next two games, but they're also kind of playing with house money because no one expects them to win. These next two games, if you do awesome, you're a super big homer and I respect you, but I don't believe you either that you actually think they'll win these next two games, but because they did win this game, they do get to kind of be like a spoiler sort of like no one really expects 100%. them to win. Um, and that might be good. Now, of course, I want them to stay healthy. I want them to win, of course, but because they won this game, it feels better that they might even just go into the next two games because anything other than that, a tie, heck a win would be fantastic but again i'm not i'm not picking them to do that nor am i expecting
2: them to yeah um i mean the margin for error with this win is just so much bigger than if they were 4 and 4 you know heading into the next two games you're 4 and 6 coming out of that versus 5 and 5 that just makes a world of difference 100%. in terms of the playoff positioning um you know especially with some of the wacky results that have just been happening like the the jets beating the bills today um, and you know all the chaos down the AFC playoff ladder. So any win you can get, um, you know, just matters in that sense. And I, I think that Brandon Staley's record in one-score games, for what it's worth, this year, like, is important. Um, we see a certain coach in Las Vegas who is uh, struggling in one-score games. So you know, for what it's worth, even though they look ugly, and today is not, a, you know, a game that I think I'm going to love rewatching on all 22, except for the Herbert throw to Carter uh but uh, other than that i mean it wasn't pretty but again they get the job done and again they're doing this with skeleton squad kind of at the end of the day compared to what it should be um so you know you take the win where you can get it
1: yeah absolutely and i i think just the the vibes right now are going to be better heading into that game heading into the game next week and of course the week after that like tyler was talking about yesterday you know a loss today really changes a lot for this team and specifically on offense so um, them coming out and not playing like the cleanest game obviously the three and outs are a concern, but um, this is something I think the offense can build upon. And at least you know, you have a fighter's chance next week, um, you know, against the 49ers and against the Chiefs after that. If they had played poorly the whole game today, I think we're talking about you know, a much different circumstance heading into the next couple weeks. So, um, excited to see how that one unfolds for uh Justin Herbert and of course Joshua Palmer. So, uh, we'll get into some of the more specifics here. I think, first and foremost, from a concern standpoint, more injuries, man. This is two potentially deflating injuries along the offensive and defensive lines. I mean, Austin Johnson, um, one of the top five run defenders at the interior defensive line position. Um, I missed it early in the game, but I guess in like the at the end of the first quarter, he did go into the medical attempt, um comes back out, and then later in the third quarter, Gets rolled up upon, had to get carted off the field. So you know, hopefully he's okay. Um, you know, their depth is going to be really tested without him. Um, obviously, they have Otito Ogbonia, Christian Covington. Maybe this is a spot for Brayden Fajoko, but for Austin Johnson, and just feel gutted for him. You know, he he finally gets a chance, to, like head into the season as one of the guys, and you know his his season potentially over when he's having a career career year. So. Um, First and foremost, wanted to discuss those two guys and Austin Johnson in particular as what he's meant to this defense over the first uh, eight games of the year.
2: Yeah, um, I mean, you look at Austin Johnson and in addition to the Jerry Tillery back injury this week, too, you know, you're taking away really your top pass rushing DT and you're taking away your top run stuffing DT right at this point. Um, depending on how you view that in Sebastian Joseph Day, or at least your depth in those positions, depending on how you view those two guys versus Fox and, and Day. But um, just two crucial pieces that have gone down in these last two weeks. Seems like Sebastian Joseph Day's, uh, or sorry, uh, Austin Johnson's injury is a little bit more severe um, at this point, and that's going to be a problem for the Chargers going forward. Um, and, then, and then the big one is the Trey Pipkins one that will loom over this team. Or potentially the rest of the season, um, you know, I mean, that injury looked pretty bad. We knew he was dealing with this uh, MCL before, and now you're potentially going into Sunday night football with Nick Bosa versus Storm Norton. Yeah. Um, that is that has disaster potential written all over it, and um, for a team that was already reeling, Jamar Sally are obviously playing pretty well, uh, or at least has been in relief of Slater, but you know. That uh, that is a absolute killer injury unless they find a solution through you know free agency or or kind of do something and we've already seen how how much this Chargers coaching staff does not want to play Storm Norton by making the decision to go to Salier so yeah. you know that's going to have looming consequences for what they do throughout the rest of the season
1: um, in, in terms of replacing Pipkins and and whatever his timeline is yeah really quickly before Tyler jumps in here Austin Johnson. Uh MCL injury, according to Brandon Staley, uh says they'll know more about the severity tomorrow. So um at least it's not an ACL. I mean, I guess theoretically it could still get worse, but um, you know, MCL obviously better than an ACL right now.
3: Ugh. Yeah, Austin Johnson going down. One of their best interior defensive linemen, if not the best guy they've had so far, at least overall, maybe not as like a pass rusher, but overall, yeah, I mean huge for them. I know people are excited to get Fajoco out there, but even he, like he's not going to fix the run defense either. And I don't even think he can replace yeah. Austin Johnson. Um, I feel good about him being, you know, on the roster. I just don't know even how much they'll use him. It'll seem like going will be a bit more Otito, um, who actually thought uh, looked pretty good in some situations today. As far as Pipkins goes, they had every opportunity in at the bye week. Again, we keep bringing back to this, but they could have brought in any tackle for any situation just to see, like. Can we get a guy on the roster? Can we get a guy on the practice squad? Anything. And they didn't. So I'm assuming that there, unless there's some veteran free agent out there I'm not thinking of, uh, I'm assuming that Storm Norton is the starter next week and they have to bring someone in. But based on the way they've been doing things, it's probably um, who was the guy they elevated when Pipkins was in but hurt on. um
1: it was foster sorrell Mm sarrell um i that was more of an interior thing for me because that was the game that he was hurt or sick i guess Mm -hmm. um so i i think it would be zach bailey as the swing tackle because zach bailey is kind of more of a tackle only kind of player Mm -hmm. um you know foster sarrell are trying to kind of groom into kind of somebody who can do a little bit of both so Mm. um yeah i mean for trey man this this sucks like in the contract year playing really well I mean, really kind of starting to assert himself after all of the uh, offseason discussion. And, you know, it, it's I think it's the same knee that he that he hurt his MCL earlier a few weeks ago. Um, but again, we'll, I haven't seen an update there. Somebody in the chat has one, um, but obviously just really awful for Trey. And, uh, you know, we get Storm Norton back in the starting lineup for the next few weeks, at least. So uh, not great. Uh, according to arjun did not give up
3: a pressure though for the first time in whatever game so you know he's coming a couple of times and giving up one pressure in three plays he's how many snaps is that on (laughs) probably three but (laughs) i was gonna say it was like six or seven maybe (laughs) that's, that's an improvement so i will take it Yep. Of course, it wasn't uh, Nick
2: Bosa either. Max, Max in the chat says, uh, "Stephen, I don't know if you're willing to go against Nick Bosa next week, but if you are willing <laughs> to, with your surgically reconstructed <laughs> knees, then maybe that's the better alternative than Storm Gordon. But I'll let you figure that one out."
1: I mean, I did, I did play one year of right tackle when I was a freshman in Ooh, high school. So uh, flexibility. You know. <laughs> oh man! Other than that, I was a center and a guard for most people. In case they were wondering, so you yeah, know, is what it is. Um, Yeah. So in terms of the injuries, we'll see, obviously, hopefully some some positive updates there. I would really like to bring in some veteran guys if there are any uh, for some workouts, but we'll see what happens there. Um, All right. I guess the next place to kind of start here. What's up with these slow starts, man? I I can't for the life of me figure out what the the difference is here. Uh, Historically, one of the teams who start the slowest in the first quarter and then. Second quarter, they're like the best team in the league right now in point differential. So, uh, this is officially a pattern, and it's not a great thing going forward as the Chargers get into more of their uh, difficult schedule down the stretch.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, earlier in the game, like it just felt like they had no flow on offense, like to begin with at all. I mean, as far as like the stick route meme that Joe Lombardi gets, like it was a lot of that for the first quarter. Um, yeah. until they started kind of mixing up some things in the late second quarter as well as the second half. Um, but it just, you know, didn't really feel like they had much originality on offense. And there is that, you know, what the commentators were talking about, which is, you know, kind of trying to find a feel for the game. Um, and I, I do think that is kind of a natural thing for this coaching staff, but they didn't have it on offense at all. And obviously, uh, those, you know, Uh, Those first two drives, Atlanta just, you know, is running the ball like down their throat, Um, particularly those 200 yards. It it felt like they got better a little bit on run defense in the second half, aside from, you know, the big play. Um, But when it came to the first half, like, I I don't know what it is with starting slow with the run defense, but it just felt like they were physically outmanned. Um, They weren't getting any penetration on the defensive line to start that game at all. Um, and it was just evident because, uh, you know, it it very much felt like the Cleveland Browns game where early on in the game, Atlanta's just like, all right, you know exactly what you're going to, what we're going to do, but you can't stop it. And then when the Chargers in the second half sort of adjusted a little bit in terms of stopping the run, forced Mariota to throw a little bit. And then that's where it sort of got better, much like a little bit like Jacoby Brissett um, in that respect too. So, you know, I guess adjustments were, were good for this team, but also at the same time, like you just can't afford to get down two possessions every game. Like if you do that against the Niners, you're not going to come back and win. You're going to lose. Uh, if you do that against the Chiefs, you know, uh, a, a two touchdown deficit to the Chiefs, you know, feels enormous, right? Um, so you can kind of get away with it against the Falcons and they've gotten away with it, uh, you know, against the Broncos uh, earlier on Monday night football as well. When they started down 10, 0 But, um, you know, they just they can't afford to continue to be this slow first quarter team because obviously it's not a sustainable way of winning. Yeah, not at all. As far as the offense goes, and I feel
3: like this will just continue again next week. I think I said in the chat when we were talking before the game or during the game that the Chargers just there's always something that they have to test out. Like they just have to see how Herbert's ribs are. They have to see how Salier blocks the Texans. I think they started pretty well. During that game, Um, how does um, Will Clap look as the center? Now we don't have Corey Lindsley. How's the offense going to look with Keenan Allen back that maybe he'll get 20 snaps. Maybe he'll get 30. Oh, he's got a hamstring. Like they they just never are able to just have their guys and play football. It's always like they're evaluating something. And then now next week, we're going to the game where they probably don't have Trey Pipkins. I'm assuming they don't. So they might have Storm Norton in and they might have to reevaluate again. Like, uh, where are we at? Can we settle Herbert in? How are we doing? How's the ribs? Um, they just have not been able to really just play football. It's always been a question mark. We're always looking at one or two players um, who's replacing them, whatever. As far as the defense goes, I have no idea how they keep well, I do, it's coaching, but I don't know how they keep like two scores every game. And I, granted, three and out by the offense sucks. That's not going to help you at all. But like, I can't believe it's the fourth game in a row they've been outscored, you know, two scores again in the first quarter. I don't get how the offense or the defense just can't stop anyone I mean it really seems like and really the whole game today the Falcons either got what they wanted or stopped it themselves or the couple of times where either Khalil Mack took it away or Derwin and Drew got their sacks otherwise the defense just kind of laid over and died for the most part um, thankfully the, the Falcons did their part to lose the game for themselves so I don't know what it does with the with the slow starts for a defensive minded head coach. They seem like they tried different things this week. You know, Stephen, you talked about how they adjusted and they you know, they did meetings differently and they communicated differently, and nothing really made a difference. So they might have to keep experimenting, keep trying things again. Um, some of that also just comes down to personnel. Like if you if you're a bad run defense team. Kyle Van Noy didn't have a great game. Kenneth Murray didn't have a great game. You just run to the opposite side of those guys. It just seems like offenses yeah. know you can go that way. If you go away from Khalil Mack, the run game is going to work, and it did today for the Falcons.
1: Yeah, I mean you and um, you and Gavino talked about Kyle Van kind of you know kind of rounding into form. He mentioned that to Daniel Popper as well. And I, I mean, I it's such a tough tough position to be in for him. You know, we're, we're signing you as an edge rusher. We're signing then we're switching to linebacker. Now you're an edge rusher and run defense has never really been his thing. He's always been kind of a specialty pass rusher when he plays on the edge. So it's just a tough spot to be in. But at the same time, like they're not getting the kind of play that they need from the linebacker position or the safety position or the corners when it comes to run defense. And it was like every time they ran outside zone away from Cleo Mac and drew tranquil, it was like eight yards minimum. And so the Falcons get, 10 carries, 99 yards out of Tyler Algier, who, I mean, I liked him decent enough coming out of college, but just looked like unstoppable. Um, Caleb Huntley, seven carries 34 yards. And then Cordero Patterson, uh, 13 carries 44 yards. So, uh, you add in the Marcus Mariota scrambles and the zone reads and stuff like that. The Falcons get 201 rushing yards, uh, on the day, which just it's it's really frustrating, man. Because like we've talked about, the interior defensive line was the biggest problem last year, and now it's been solid. And now <laughs> we have all these other problems popping up. So it's been frustrating, and you kept on hearing Jonathan Vilma on the broadcast saying that, like, oh, Brandon Staley knew this was going to happen. Brandon Staley was worried about this. Brandon Staley was worried about this. And then it's like, here's nine yards. Here's fifteen yards. Here's twelve yards. Like they just, there was just no answers, and the only answer was like. The occasional run stop from Covington, Austin Johnson, or Drew Tranquil. And then they could get to passing situations. And then it was like, okay, now we're good. So they have to figure it out. You know, in the past, they've kind of gone to these fronts where they're, they'll get four defensive tackles out there and the two edge rushers and then the linebackers as well as kind of a, a base defense. I think that's kind of what you just have to do. I mean, especially this week against the 49ers. And we'll talk about that down the road. But they have to do more things besides just like trying to communicate better and and make some personnel changes. Like I I think they need to do different things than just like, Hey, let's just try and be better out here. That sounds really cool. I hope they do. (laughs) And I understand like, there's a lot of love for the way Kenneth Murray has played this year. I am begging the staff at this point to Mm -hmm. play Troy reader. Like I, I don't want to pop off on Kenneth Murray. That's not my intention today at all, but Troy reader excels at everything that Kenneth Murray is bad at at that he struggles with. And that's a big issue right now when teams can say, Hey, tranquil Mac are on that side, we're going to run the other way. So Murray has been much better this year than he was last year. I don't want to like pile on him, but I need to see Troy reader, get some snaps from now on.
3: Yeah, I would agree. And Drew tranquil even if he wasn't really all that great against the runner, I'm not saying he's been like, great against the run, but you at least have coverage. You at least have his work as a blitzer with Kenneth Murray. It's not like you can really hang your hat on one thing. Like if he was like tranquil, great blitzer, outstanding in coverage, and you just had to survive the fact that the run game's not great. That's fine. But there's really nothing Murray's giving you right now. And, and frankly, I don't, I don't see him all that much, even around the football or, or it's, I, I do, but it's negative. So yeah. Troy Reader, if he can just do one thing, like is Troy Reader a great player? No. But if he can give you something against the run, that's more than you're getting right now from Kenneth Murray. So do I think they'll make that change? No, but it may be I mean, it is time. I just don't know if they'll make the change.
2: Yeah. Um. It, again, we talked about the slow start and like the big thing was just like, OK, yeah, Kyle Van Noy, and Kenneth Murray are there. Go at him. like they just, you know, kept doing that for the first two drives. And it didn't really change much at all until the Chargers actually switched Khalil Mack briefly to the other side. Um, And then that's kind of when things started getting a little bit better for the Chargers. They started getting a couple more run stops. Um, And, you know, they couldn't just run one way all the time. Um, But when teams see that, you know, Van Noy and Murray are like kind of going to be attacking the run on that side, then it makes sense. By all means, like go, go run there. And it, it makes me concerned for the Niners game next week Um, even though the chiefs aren't like a running team, it makes me concerned for the the week after that, uh, in terms of the run game, if they have a better running performance than they're supposed to. So, um, yeah, I mean, this goes kind of back to the run defense as well, but the linebackers just are out of sorts outside of tranquil. And then obviously the, the big gaping hole there is, is Joey Bosa and, and his absence has been felt significantly
1: in the run game. Yeah. So, I mean, in a general sense, like the, they were able to overcome this, right? And they were able to come overcome it against the, the Browns as well. But, you know, when you play these teams who are better passing the ball, it's, it's just going to be a really difficult position to to be in again. And, you know, this defense is predicated on the defensive line eating up blocks and the linebackers and safeties coming down and run support and, and handling their business. And that's just not happening right now. And I do think that, you know, the run blitz thing. I don't know if that's really working still. So, um, you know, they've got to figure it out and they've, they made some progress towards the end of last season as they really kind of got through the bye week and made some adjustments and, and hopefully that, that does happen. So um, maybe the, the way that they changed meetings will, will pay off eventually. But, you know, today it was just, it was tough to watch, man. It was like, anytime that they ran outside zone, it was like, here's nine yards, just, just hand it to them. And then potentially more on top of that. So, Again, so they got they only gave up 17 points. I think a lot of that is due to limitations of Marcus Mariota, but you know we were we were hoping for some more uh, steps forward from the run defense, pretty clearly, and uh, that obviously has not happened today.
3: Yeah, I, I know people in the chat want more positive vibes. It's it's 35 minutes in, guys. Like we, it's not like we didn't say nice things before. Um, <laughs> as far as the defense just overall goes, I know I know people are talking about. Listen they only scored seven points and they did this or whatever. I think they had like negative six yards in the third quarter or passing yards or whatever it was. But like, to me, that was so much about like what you saw from the Chargers offense and the way they shot themselves in the foot. I feel like that was the same. Like, can you say that the Falcons played really good defense to stop the Chargers today? I don't think you can. And I I feel the same way for the Chargers in the second half for their defense. I don't think they played great defense in the second half. Um, They didn't. The numbers aren't great in terms of like the yards. It's just the Falcons missed a wide open this guy you know a fingertip catch from Kyle Pitts away from scoring another touchdown there was almost two opportunities there Um, they get something called back Drake London fumbles they miss a field goal so I know you want us to be super super positive in in the chat I get it they won but we do have to talk about like that this is I don't want to be surprised I don't want you guys to be surprised heading into the game against the Niners like oh the Chargers shut down the Falcons in the second half they're gonna make shut down the 49ers too like let's be a bit realistic here
1: yeah the time of possession was really was flipped on its head for, you know, each quarter. First quarter, it was like 13 minutes Falcons. Second quarter was like 12 minutes Chargers. Third quarter was like 12 minutes Falcons. And then the fourth quarter was like 12 minutes Chargers. So this was a time time of possession heavy game. And we kind of figured that that would be the case heading into this week. But I think both offenses, you know, left a lot, uh, a lot of meat on the bone. I mean, like we talked about, you know, Gerald Everett has that drop to start the third quarter. Uh, that leads to a three and out, you know, Josh Palmer has the intercept has the drop, which leads to the interception after the clue fumble. So the clue fumble happened at the four yard line on a play where the Falcons probably get, you know, a first down and um, you know, Marcus Mariota missed some guys. I mean, the Chargers secondary m- made some plays as well. So um, this game kind of turned out how we expected. It's just the Chargers did just enough to win. And I think obviously that should be celebrated, but there definitely are concerns And, you know, I I did that poll yesterday of, like, which unit do you have more confidence in? Everybody picked the defense, and that didn't really happen today. It was the offense that really kind of uh, won the day, and then the special teams on top of that as well played really well.
2: Yeah, um, and I I would just say it also felt like when it comes to this game, you know, it, it can be a mixed bag, much like the Denver Monday night game as well, where it's like the defense played well. But, you know, I mean, in that game, they were, you know, held back by Russell Wilson, right? In terms of what they could do offensively with Denver, um, they get out to that hot start and then really struggle to find their way the rest of that game. Obviously, a huge part of that was substituting Michael Davis in for JC Jackson um, at the time. But it's just like the Chargers did good this game. But, you know, it also was just kind of a weird tempo game in general where you don't, you know, the 49ers are not, Unless, you know, are not going to, or sorry, the Falcons, I should say, are not going to run away from you um, in terms of the score if Mariota isn't having like an elite passing day. So, you know, I, I think it can be both where defense was good, but it also wasn't elite, of course.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
3: Yeah, I think they were suspect except for when they weren't and they made some fantastic plays and that's why the Chargers won. Fine. Here's some positivity. Uh, The Raiders (laughs) uh, (laughs) 17 plus point blown leads by Raiders in franchise history from 1960 to 2021 five so far this season three. So there, there, uh, there is my positivity mm. for you guys. That makes me feel better.
2: Oh, someone wants to go back to Belichick now. Mm. <laughs> Maybe
1: he'll be their
3: defensive coordinator.
1: No. Oh. oh man, it's it was. Uh, I was going back and forth. So I was watching the the Chargers game, obviously, and then Brooke was watching the Jaguars and Raiders game, which was the TV game uh, in the other room while she was you know grading papers and stuff like that. So I was going back and forth and um I saw the Raiders get up 17-0 I was like man the Jaguars again they're just gonna you know have this kind of game and then come roaring back so it was uh it was a fun one when Lloyd gets a little fumble recovery or interception I guess at the end shout out mm-hmm. um but yeah if, if we kind of want to round this back to the positive side of things you know I, I am excited to watch what this offense did on on tape you know it felt like mm-hmm. After the, that first quarter, it did feel like they didn't run a ton of stick. I know that's kind of the running joke for, for Joe Lombardi and everything like that. But it really felt like there was that one, that third and down, that third and was a third and 18 conversion to Josh Palmer really started to get the offense going again. And um, obviously, they end up scoring on that touchdown on that drive. Um, but I, I generally like what Lombardi did today. I, it wasn't a great game by any means from him. Uh, again, the slow start, he definitely does, does uh, deserve some blame there. Um, but from the second quarter on, I, I generally like what he did today. Um, lots of people in the chat have pointed out, you know, Isaiah Spiller got some runs today, actually out-touched and out-snapped Sony Michelle by by quite a, a large margin. And uh, he looked good. So run game wasn't perfect. Obviously, Austin Eckler fumbled at the end. But, you know, I, I thought the offense for the most part was was a lot more functional today. And that obviously was, was able to uh, result in the win. I, I don't want to lean
2: too hard into the negativity again, but man, Sony Michelle, um, <laughs> you know, has the false start on that drive and then immediately drops a pass. I'm like, what are we doing? Like, thank God for Isaiah Spiller, like getting some of those carries he did because mm-hmm. they need to stabilize this RB2 without Joshua Kelly. How many
1: more weeks is he going to be on IR? Like two more weeks, I guess. Uh, it would be two more games. Yeah. Because yeah. Two, it's, two it's a four game so. thing. It's been two. so
2: uh, Of Kelly on IR. So, I mean, they just have to try something different at this point. The Sony Michelle experiment has been a failure, and I mean for for uh, Joe Lombardi and the staff to pivot away from giving Michelle those snaps and and giving them to Spiller instead, you know, I think is an adjustment win for this team.
3: Yeah, can you, Stephen, explain Sony Michelle as the the center of one B as they're saying? <laughs> I've seen the Chargers do this, but it yeah. feels like today they did it several times. Michelle is a good pass protector at least has been judges this season but like can you explain what this is and then can he go out for a route <laughs> or i don't under, i don't
1: understand what ineligible man downfield even means anymore dude the ineligible man downfield the one with matt filer like what is, what is he supposed to do differently man i mean he literally fell over like it's not like he was running down the field blocking and then Corey lindsley like that was a screen pass like my understanding is that on a screen pass you're allowed to get out and run. Like that's the whole point of a screen pass. So definitely confused there. Um, in terms of Sony Michelle, I mean, the pass protection, I think is one of the reasons why he's still, you know, getting snaps because he is really good in pass protection. Um, the whole like center one B thing. So the, the people are talking about for those who, who don't understand, like the reference here, the motion spiller or Austin Eckler has done it too, Sony Michelle as well. And kind of, he'll be like right behind uh, Corey Lindsley and in between the guard. So, um they'll they'll do that essentially to avoid having a linebacker get a running start in that pass protection kind of blitz pickup scenario so um they've done it a few times throughout the season um sony michelle has handled his business i want to say it was against um was it the broncos game where nate tice tweeted a clip where he was I like sony michelle got some i think it might have been the broncos game mm-hmm. it was on this same kind of thing where sony michelle motions up into you know fitting right up there so it's it's really just to ensure that you're not leaving your both of your a gaps exposed to the defense, um, and a lot of teams do it. I think it's just kind of a newer thing that the Chargers are doing to try and avoid some interior pressure that has been kind of happening over the last few weeks.
3: Yeah. Okay. Well, he is a solid at that at center one B, whatever you want to call it. And yeah. At this rate, we might as well practice him at center because he seems to be you know doing okay with that. Um, but yeah, Isaiah Spiller seven carries 29 yards doesn't sound like a lot that is 4.1 yards per carry it really literally did look like four yards a carry every time but like that's good like that's totally fine um i would obviously like to see him run some more routes i would like to see him try to get more outside but based on what they were kind of able to do with their personnel and it, it did work um so i think it was a pretty pretty solid start for him i think his first carry in the nfl was negative five yards so having four yards of carry this game is, is certainly very positive
1: yeah i think for me the biggest sign the biggest positive thing for isaiah spiller today was his blitz pickup i mean he should have got he should have got the false start 100 yeah. should have been a false start um <laughs> but he handled that blitz you know right head on i think it was from michael walker and he kind of stifled him man so i, I think that's been something that the Chargers' coaches have really been harping on is his ability in pass protection. And we heard, uh, you know, in training camp that, you know, he was kind of, he was getting beat a lot, but he was also like um, really having an impact in some situations as well. And so they've just been trying to help him mitigate the risk there and minimize the losses. And so he, I thought he handled that really well. Uh, again, I, I think Sony Michelle is going to have that pass protection back role on lock, but, you know isaiah spiller coming in and and having that play was fantastic and you know without joshua kelly like we don't need the backup running backs to be great man four yards of carry will do just fine for isaiah spiller in the next couple weeks oh all right well yes i agree (laughs) um somebody else mentioned this as well man i i you know not a huge day for deandre carter but you know, having whatever kind of illness he had, um, and then coming through today, he was pretty consistently the third-down option. You know, over the middle at least. So, um, you know, there were a few times where he uh, kind of plays that Keenan Allen role, gets over the, gets open over the middle, and Justin Herbert, you know, fires the ball in there. So uh, that was really good to see. We were not super confident that he would play this week, and if he was, we we heard that there was potentially a snap count here because he was sick. Mm-hmm um but he had some really clutch moments today for sure and you know he hasn't really been super active in the passing game the last few weeks so that was a good resurgence from uh deandre carter today as well
2: yeah um it, it felt weird earlier in the game because you just saw like all these plays that kind of resulted in <laughs> nothing where they were just like motioning michael bandy motioning deandre carter yeah. like early in the game and then you know finally i think they just settled into their offense and it was just like, okay, let's hit DeAndre Carter here. Justin Herbert, you know, diagnosing the play and all that. Uh, Michael Bandy had a good first half for what it was worth. Um, And so then, yeah, I think DeAndre Carter on the completions, you know, that he got obviously at critical times in the game. I think he had one fourth down conversion too as well. Right. Um, So obviously just pretty critical throughout the game uh, for him to have the game. He had Uh, probably his Probably his best overall effort since um, either the Chiefs game or the first Raiders game where he substituted in for Keenan Allen, Um, even though the stats, you know, aren't all there. um, But yeah, thought it was a really good game for him.
3: Quick question. So we talk about obviously the Chargers played three receivers the entire game. It seemed like Um, (laughs) I would be surprised if there was more than two routes for the other guys Um, was Horvath. I mean, I think Horvath's usage was pretty similar. But did you see McKittie's go down today? I felt like yes, or I just didn't see as many negative plays.
1: Yeah, it was a lot more 11 personnel today. Um, you know, not a ton of McKitty. I I mean, I don't recall like any bad plays from McKitty. I mean, we'll see uh, on the film if he was, you know, making a strong impact or not. But, um, you know, I saw him in the H-back role a little bit as well. So um, I-, I thought they mixed and matched pretty, pretty good. Storm Norton had three or four plays as an extra blocker as well. So. Um, you could tell that they were definitely a little bit more rotational than usual. I mean, Richard Rogers had some, some plays as well. So we'll, we'll see the official snap counts, but, uh, it was not kind of a McKitty. This is our tight end two guy kind of day. You know, they definitely were rotating a lot more heavily in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree. And good for
3: some internal self-scouting by the offense to get Spiller out there to maybe pull McKitty a little bit more.
1: Um, obviously it seemed to work today. The operation looked a lot better. Yeah, that was my biggest thing, right? Like We, we needed to see some improvement, some um, m- more effective game planning again. Ideally, that happens in the first quarter, um, but, you know, is what it is It happened eventually. So, all right, we'll get to our uh, studs and duds and segment here, uh, essentially kind of handing out some game balls and, and whatnot. Um, and then we'll uh, take some questions for a couple minutes uh, at the end. So, um, t- uh, Alex, we'll start with you, man. Who's your stud of the day?
2: I'm gonna go set of the day Justin Herbert and dead of the day I'll go with Kyle Van Noy. Um, just didn't think he provided much uh, for the Chargers. Uh, at, at, you know, in that edge role, it just feels like you know, ever since Joey Bosa has been going, has gone down, they've really just been able to isolate that side of the field entirely, and so I mean, it's been a big problem. Uh, for the Chargers all year so uh, wish it would you know kind of get better he got caught by Marcus Mariota on a pretty nasty pass play just where he was sort of in the middle uh, and then I don't know Um, they just haven't really been able to get much of out of him all year obviously Kenneth Murray contributes to that uh, a lot as well but um, just haven't gotten the performance and again like Stephen said it's kind of like the position Kenneth Murray himself was in last year where it's like okay you're a linebacker you're an edge you're a linebacker you're an edge but um, they just they need to get something more out of that position than they have been getting Um, and unfortunately they just haven't been getting it from Kyle Van Noy. So for me he's my dead of the game and I'll give an honorary stud to one Cameron Dicker uh, who now has a (laughs) game-winning field goal for the Eagles and a game-winning field goal for the Chargers this season.
1: Yeah I think you could uh, make an argument uh, you probably would be the right argument that Ryan Ficken is the the best coordinator on the team right now and I mean, handling three kicker changes and the special teams unit continues to operate at a high level. So we're in a weird universe where the Chargers are winning one score games and the special teams is playing well. So uh, shout out to Josh Harris as well. And Josh Harris returned back to Atlanta. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure that was a pretty cool moment for him. Uh, Tyler, studs oh, yeah. and duds.
3: I totally forgot about that. Josh Harris. That's the gack bump we're not talking about. But yeah. Um you're welcome for the special teams everyone. I'm glad I could do that for you guys. I'm just
1: going to say when it comes for Pro Bowl voting, I think we need to spam the shit out of Josh Harris for Oh, Pro 100%. Watch,
3: Absolutely. I will 100% do that and maybe even uh john Taylor for special teams. My stud of the day will go to Josh Palmer. Yes, I know he had the interception on the tip pass. On the easiest thing he could have done today, uh he didn't do well. Other than that though, he won and he won in a variety of ways, again, pacing or passing, I should say his career high granted he was a rookie and wasn't that involved but he did set a new career high in you know total catches on the season he's about to pass his yardage and this looks like really positive momentum eight catches 106 yards 13.3 average looked decisive looked quick he won in a variety of ways it was a shallow crosser it was a comeback it was a curl it wasn't in it wasn't out like there was so much he was able to do at different spots he was one go ball away from completing almost the entire route tree it seems so really solid from him he looked really really good he had one clutch catch that got called back then he had another clutch catch to really set up their field goal so you know do i expect that to hold consistently the rest of the way i don't know obviously when the guys come back he won't be the wide receiver one but just seeing that after all he's been through this season two concussions leaving three other games like he hasn't played a single normal game since week two and for him to come in and just look solid and really, really good today in the absence of the other two guys was really, really big.
1: Yeah, like I said earlier, I I, I hope this is a performance that Josh Palmer can build upon because I think when I envisioned the way this offense would perform heading into the season, like to me, Josh Palmer is, is the perfect kind of backside Z receiver that can just kind of feast on benders and crossers and slants and, and you know, deep posts and corners and stuff like that, you know, I envision him kind of as you know the Chargers version of like a Robert Woods. I, I think that's a pretty fair comparison for what we're expecting from Josh Palmer. And then, you know, Keenan Allen gets injured. He has to play the slot more often. And now Mike gets injured. So now he's playing the X. So um, you know, I, I'm still wanting to see more. Obviously, I'm not ready to like crown him by any means, but um, you know, the way that Josh Palmer was winning today was is very, very confident or a, a confidence builder, I should say. Um so I think Palmer's a good one. I I know he had the rough moment against Cordell Patterson, but I think Drew Tranquil deserves a stud mm-hmm. moment shout out as well. Um, like I mentioned, to me, he was kind of the catalyst of the defense kind of settling down a little bit more. He had that one tackle for loss uh, early in the second quarter. Um, he had the sack, obviously. So um, I think this was a, a really good, steady performance from George Twinkle. He's really becoming a, a key catalyst for this defense, a leader, Um, and, and I think he deserves a shout out as well. Uh Dud, unfortunately, I'm going with his running mate. I think Kenneth is really, his issues and his weaknesses are really starting to show more consistently every single week. Like we talked about, teams kind of identifying uh, him and, and really focusing in there. So it's um, so unfortunate to see. I still think he's playing better than he was last year. But um, this game in particular, I really felt the weaknesses of Kenneth Murray kind of panning out on the field. <laughs> Bless you, Kyle. No, just coughing. And dying. <laughs> That's
3: fine. Coughing, just like everyone coughed up the football today. Um, <laughs> I didn't give a dud, but I think you guys mostly covered it. Like, no one was exceptionally bad today. Now I think when you rewatch the film, I'm sure we'll see um, you know, some other players not doing so hot. But it wasn't like a ton of really bad today, I guess necessarily in some instances. But then again, like I'm watching the broadcast film, so I really don't know for sure. So you're saying Nas? I guess, but (laughs) it seemed like it was him, but I can't definitively say it was all on him. I don't know because we don't get shown that angle.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh I mean I I think non pass protection Sony Michelle deserves deserves a dud.
1: Uh but we talked about him earlier as well, so I'm trying to think of anybody else. I mean I was a tad disappointed in Gerald Everett today. I mean, of course, he had the one drop, but you know, he did have the one catch that was called back from penalty as well, so mm-hmm. I I think we can call Gerald Everett a dud today for, you know, not showing up as much as we thought, I guess.
3: Yeah. What did he end up with? He ended up with five for 53. Man, like he could have, he could have gone over 100 easily today. Easily. That one catch. I mean, you see how he is catching a screen and having a full head of steam. He was in stride. No problem. Would have moved up that field, crossed the 50, and then some. And it's, if it was him just versus a safety at that point with his physicality, like he could have housed it. And instead, it's a drop, which was huge. And then I believe, Now the Falcons didn't score after that because that's when the that's when Mac
1: had the strip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they almost did, so thankfully they didn't. (laughs) Uh, Like Alex mentioned, man, this Cameron Dicker, the kicker, man, like it's what a story, you know. Uh, Signs as an undrafted free agent with the Rams doesn't really have a chance to make a roster. Signs on the practice squad with the Eagles ends up having to kick a game there. Has a game winner. Did you see what he said after he said that last week? He was planning on going to a Carrie Underwood concert when he got the call <laughs> from the Chargers that he was gonna be brought out for a workout uh, and ends up hitting a, a game winner today against Atlanta. So uh, really cool story, man, for yeah. sure. And I mean, for the Chargers special teams unit, like we've said, like they just
2: gotten it done in a variety of ways. Dustin Hopkins hitting four field goals against Denver, uh, Taylor Bertolette hitting three field goals against Cleveland, a Cameron Dicker game winner. Um, and f- for, you know, fans that have been crying out for decent special teams, um, I mean it's just been crazy that they've done it in a variety of ways this year. And Ficken, Josh Harris, and and all these people that we talk about are are key are key cogs in that too. Yeah. Um
1: have the Chargers not missed a field goal since week one? I think they're nineteen of 20, twenty on the year, so I think that no, I think Hopkins missed at Kansas City, didn't he? I don't know, but I have Google.
2: I remember oh, something on. vaguely like that. But <laughs> they haven't missed in a long time. Which is
1: really weird. Backups haven't
2: anyway. at least, right? Bertolette and...
1: Yeah, Bertolet didn't miss any... Yeah, Bertolette,
2: Bertolette, and, uh, Bertolette and...
1: Bertolette and... <laughs> Bullbret said don't jinx it. Um Everybody knock on wood collectively right now, I guess. Okay, yeah, so... Hopkins come on, knock on wood,
2: Cameron Dicker. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize. <laughs>
3: I'm so bummed. I was Googling, but good job, Alex. Thank you for. Yeah.
1: Oh man, I'm sorry. <laughs> one missed field goal, on the year. Um, so was it week one? Yep. Mm-hmm. There we go. There we go. All right. I think that's uh, gonna do it for us. Do we want to take some uh, questions for a few minutes? Yeah, I think there was. Did we address the one super chat? I think there was at least
3: one. I will scroll through and try to find it. But if you have questions, fire them in. Tell us uh, why we were wrong for picking the Chargers, even though they basically got gifted a self fumble to re get the whatever.
1: You can tell that that guy just had never touched the football in his life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
2: the self fumble, the uh, Alohi Gilman interception against Cleveland, you mm-hmm. know, we, we need some good karma uh, with the way the roster currently is. So I'll take
1: it. Yeah.
3: Oh, never mind. It was just a quick comment that D Lyman was scared of the Herbert hit stick. Yeah, Yeah, man. Herbert was Herbert was flying. Like he was gonna truck that dude. He was gonna end that play. And the dude just dropped the football. (laughs) Okay, I don't know if people are mentioning this yet. That was almost the coolest touchdown I've ever seen in my life from Austin Eckler. Oh, I know, man. So close to I can't remember which one was it the Packers and Vikings game? like years and years ago where someone rolled over a player and they had a touchdown. It's on like every greatest mm. player, or whatever one, I can't remember which one it is. That was so close. And I was staring at the knees. I'm like, no, he wasn't down, but ah. yeah, so
1: close. The play was almost, almost amazing. I know they didn't show the, the angle where you saw that the elbow down until yeah. after the review. So they showed like the two angles after the call. And I was like, Oh, he's that's a hundred percent. He was never down. Like that, mm-hmm. that's a touchdown. And, you know, Brooke and I were kind of freaking out, and uh, then they had to just kill the vibes. But um, they ended up getting a field goal on that drive, right? That was the field uh, goal drive? Well, I really pay attention to these games. Uh, let me look at... <laughs> Hold on. Wait, wait, I, think was was. I think it was. I think it was. Because Carter, that was the fourth down conversion to Carter was after that play. And then I think that was uh, the one where they yes. had the 7 yard loss on the screen pass.
3: Yeah, it's actually on ESPN as two separate drives. There's a, fu- a drive that ends in a fumble and then a drive that ends in a field goal back to back for the Chargers. <laughs> so, uh, yes, third and four, fumble. Well,
2: yeah, technically that makes sense because they reset the downs, right? Right. Um, yeah, and that, well, so it kind of benefited the Chargers even though it moved them out of positions because they were on third and four. So, yeah, um, weird time. My first thought was fourth and
1: 47 from the winner. Yeah. Like, that was yeah. my first thought. Like, oh God, here we go. <laughs> uh, a couple people asking about the pumpkin pie. So I, I guess I'm doing the pumpkin pie. Like I, for whatever reason, people yes. want me to have the only punishment. That's cool. We can, we can rotate them depending on the week. <laughs> I mean, we're all going to pick. Sentences Alex and I are Jewish and Chinese. We've been punished enough.
2: Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Look, give us some reparations. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Uh, so I guess I'll I'll buy some pumpkin pie this week and I'll uh I'll post a video on Twitter. So someone said eat funeral potatoes. Am I doing funeral potatoes or pumpkin pie? Because I feel like everybody um, else is gonna say pumpkin which
2: pie. Which one do you hate more? Or yeah, which one do you hate
1: more? I mean, I would I would have to would cook have to make, the funeral yeah. potatoes. Like I can just mm. go buy a pumpkin pie from Costco. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I would just rather but I
2: I think you have to also as a stipulation of this by the most expired pumpkin pie they have not completely <laughs> expired but like close to it and then i think that will really enhance the experience of the twitter video by the by the one that's like
1: expiring like the day yeah. of <laughs> yeah okay all right i guess I'll, I'll do that so um i think that's a good place to uh end the show uh alex any final thoughts before we head out man
2: uh no got the got the win today obviously heading into san francisco 49ers week um gonna be a big game on sunday night football but the chargers stabilized their season got a big win here uh and we're on to san francisco
3: yes on to san francisco i will
1: 100 percent be picking the Chargers to lose that game and i hope that i'm wrong <laughs> uh yeah same so um, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, you know, the Chargers uh, with this kind of health situation, uh, officially the least healthy team in the league, according to uh, the banged up metric or whatever that that doctor has for Fox, I guess. I don't know, but um, I buy it, I guess. So um, in this kind of situation just survive, get an ugly win. Of course, that happens. So uh, sitting at five and three at the after. The, what did I say now? No, <laughs> oh, Someone <laughs> had a comment in the chat okay (laughs) shout out to the chat been a little little frisky today um but yeah chargers sitting at five and three headed to san francisco on a sunday night should be a, a a fun atmosphere uh heard a bunch of people going up to the game so hopefully it's a more competitive game than uh we think it's gonna be um so yeah big shout out today to uh the chargers offense justin herbert austin eckler we didn't really talk about today um Josh Palmer showing up a big way, John Carter as well. So um that's gonna do it for us today. Appreciate all the support. Uh, appreciate the live chat today it was a fun one. And uh we'll see you guys during the week for our uh week 10 preview of against the San Francisco 49ers. We'll talk to you soon.